Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Thank you, Miss Sandy. Good song. I like that. That's a good one. All righty. We're in the book of Colossians. Now, the book of Colossians is literally a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae. Colossae is in the the country of modern-day Turkey. Now, it's believed that Paul never went to Colossae that Paul was preaching at nearby Ephesus, and in all likelihood, the pastor at Colossae, uh, Epaphras, he heard the preaching, he got saved, he went back to Colossae, which was a very uh, worldly city, where, where they practiced, you know, I invented that new word the other day, where they practiced worldlinism. They pra- remember that? Worldlinism, new, new word I invented. Uh, but it, it, so he goes back there, he leads people to the Lord, And it is in a very worldly area, a lot of pagan stuff going on around them. And it begins to infiltrate the church. And Epaphras was smart enough to know, even though a young Christian, he had to be a young Christian, first generation. He was smart enough to know that that this isn't right. There may have been some people in the church, you know, the, the real mercy kind of people saying, oh, let them believe what they believe. It really doesn't matter. You know, no big, no big deal. But obviously, Epaphras, uh, you know, he's saying, you know, this isn't right, but this is all new to me. I don't know what to do. But I hear Paul is in Rome, and I'm going to go to Rome, and I'm going to talk to Paul, and I'm going to find out how I'm supposed to handle this as a new first-generation pastor. And it seems like I read he had to travel a 1,000 miles, and it took him months to get there and months to get back. But that's the heart of a, a good pastor that wanted to get it right. So he goes there and he talks to Paul and Paul says, let me write my version. Let me write a letter back to your folks and and, and let me lay it out for them how it is supposed to be. You know, and one of the, the lessons here, folks, is we have to understand then and now churches have to be very careful. There is always someone wanting to interject something into a church or a church family that isn't supposed to be there. Thankfully, we have the letter to Colossae, Colossians. We, we have the letter to Ephesus, Ephesians. We, we have Romans. We have Corinthians. We're blessed to have all of these books in our Bible. And in most of them, the ones that Paul wrote anyway, are addressing issues just like this. False teachings, false ideas that were creeping into the church. It happened then, and it's been happening ever since. So we have to stay on guard, and our safeguard is the Bible. I mean, th- this, this is the bottom line. This, this is, you know, we, we have a blueprint of what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it, and we need to be thankful for that. Now, before Paul really gets into the nitty-gritty of the problem there in Colossae, he starts off with just a general greeting, and we looked at that last week. And then, very early in the letter, actually verse number 4 of chapter 1, 
he is acknowledging the wonderful blessings that they have received. Yes, they're dealing with problems in the church, and he's going to deal with the theological issues. He's going to deal with practical problems. But before he gets to that, he reminds them of the great blessings that they have experienced because they have accepted Christ as their Savior. He is encouraging them. And as we read those words tonight, I hope you will be equally encouraged because that's what Paul intended then for the, uh, the, uh, the folks at Colossae, the Colossians. And it was preserved by the Lord because it's intended now to be a blessing to you. Just like they were encountering some difficulties and problems, Paul starts off by reminding them of these three great blessings they have. And the same holds true today. I mean, there's probably nobody in this room that's not dealing with something right now. It might be a wayward child, a wayward grandchild, a health issue, or a financial issue. You know, we, you know life, you, you deal with, with stuff like that. That's, you know, we live in a sin-cursed world. So I hope that what we're going to mention to you tonight, these same three blessings, you will embrace them. You will grab hold of them as your own. Because what he's talking about here are not limited to the Colossians. It's limited, it it, it applies to anybody who's saved. So what are these truths? Number one, we're in verse uh, number 12 there. Not verse 12, but all right, yeah, very... You are the best, Velvet. She's on top of things. All right, we're we're skipping ahead to for me and Velvet is slide number twelve. So here he is at the beginning of this letter. He knows he's got to deal with some problems. Okay, we all got to deal with problems, but he is encouraging them. Look at what he says. He says, "All of us who are redeemed are blessed with faith in Christ." Now I've got verse number four up there. Let me read you what verse number three says. Paul is saying to them, you know, he's writing them. He's never met these people. But he says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Okay? That's what he says in verse number three. And then in verse number four, he says something that is profound. I I think if we're not careful as Christians, we get used to this. But this is something we needn't get used to. Because in verse number 4, he acknowledges, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. That's really the very first thing he acknowledges. Folks, that's big. These are pagan people. These are people that were being led astray. They were walking in darkness. Their eyes were blinded to the truth. But now they have heard the gospel. They have heard the word. And they have faith in Christ Jesus. Understand how special you are tonight. You're here tonight because, and I want to believe, I hope everybody in this room is saved. But... How amazing is that? You're not at home tonight. You're, you're not doing what the world does. You know, we're, we're not perfect. I'm not suggesting that. But we are different. Different than we used to be and, and different from people that haven't come to know Christ as their Savior yet. They think you're crazy. A lot of our family and friends that you're in church tonight and you'll be back in church on Sunday. 
They don't get it. They don't understand it because they've never experienced it. We have experienced faith in Christ. And no matter what problems you might be dealing with, no matter what issues might be on your plate or what you might be scratching your head over, you can find encouragement in what Paul acknowledged about us Christians, that we have faith. I mean, think about the significance of faith. So many people out these doors, they don't have that. They don't have it. You talk to most people, I'm not a believer. I'm not interested. You try to witness to them. In many cases, no, not today. What are they lacking? They're lacking faith. And as a result, they're, they're walking in darkness. I, I, it, it's, it's, it, it, they're blind. And that's one of the reasons they keep stumping their toes on life, to put it mildly, while they have all the drama in their life. Understand the importance of faith. Number one, by faith we are saved. Think about that. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Again, what is Paul acknowledging at the very beginning of this letter? He says, I've heard of your faith. Really? People in, in Colossae, they found out about this? Epaphras, you heard and you got saved and you went back there and you won people to the Lord? The first thing he acknowledges in this letter is since we heard of your faith, and that's important, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The faith that we have is a gift of God. Faith, or the ability to trust, is the gift of God that allows us the ability to be saved. Be thankful that you're not like them. Be thankful that you're here. Be thankful that you're here because of faith. And understand the profound ramifications of that. It is life-changing. It is life-altering. Which brings us to the second point under faith. As we emphasize the importance of faith. The same faith that the Apostle Paul is emphasizing. He says secondly, or I, I say secondly, wanting us to get it. By faith we are sanctified. How important is our faith? By faith we are saved. And by faith we are sanctified. That means to be set apart, to be different than we used to be. Acts uh, 26, 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Them that are sanctified by faith. He thinks about these Colossians. And the first thing he really acknowledges after he says, we pray for you. He says, since when? Since we heard of your faith. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Nothing in your life will ever get any bigger than your faith in Jesus Christ. For by him are you saved. And for by him are you sanctified. You're set apart. None of us in this room are yet what we want to be and what we ought to be, but I think it can be said of us in this room, thank God, goodness, we're not what we were at one time. And that process is, is sanctification, you know, where we become less and less worldly, less and less carnal, less and less sinful, and, and, and more and more like the Lord and appreciating the Lord, and wanting to serve the Lord, and and loving the Lord's work, and loving the Lord's house, and loving uh, the Lord's ministry. So again, these folks are going through troubles within their church with false doctrine coming in, but these were real people too. They had kids that misbehave. 
They had husbands that were cantankerous, wives that were cantankerous. You know, they had problems with finances. But the Apostle Paul says of them, since I have heard of your faith. We, we need to realize, no matter how bad things may be or what we are dealing with, we need to thank the Lord for our faith. Uh, let me read you this little story that Spurgeon uh, used to tell about two men in a boat. He says, these two men in a boat, they were caught in a very, very severe rapids. And they were going to a place where there was a waterfall and even worse rapids And there was really no way, if they ever hit those rapids, that they would ever live. And they began to struggle for their lives. And as they were carried swiftly downstream, they were carried toward the perilous rocks and the falls. And some men on the shore saw them and tried to save the two men. And they threw a rope out. By this time, the men had fallen out of the little boat. And we're struggling in the current. One man caught the rope and was saved. At the same instant, said Spurgeon, the other man could have seized the rope, but in the panic of the moment, grabbed onto a log that was floating by, which was for him a fatal mistake. One man was drawn to the shore. Because he had a connection with the people on the land. The other, clinging to a log, was carried down through the rapids and never found again. Spurgeon. Now you see, what faith does is faith gives you a connection with the shore. Faith gives you a connection to Jesus Christ. Good works is grabbing a log. It doesn't go anywhere but along with you to your doom. And Paul says, first of all, Colossians, I want to thank God that you got the rope and not the log. We wish everyone outside these doors would grab the rope. We're thankful that the folks in this room did grab the rope. And the key to that is faith. And that's why the Apostle Paul saying, we pray for you ever since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ. What he is acknowledging there is the profound importance of faith. Okay? And we should have, we, we, many of us have been in church pretty much all our lives. And we, we don't want to become complacent. And we don't want to get to the point where we can't see the forest for the trees. And we need to be reminded tonight from God's word that, yes, I'm saved. I am sanctified by faith. I am on my way to heaven. I am not doing the things I used to do. I am better. I'm not where I ought to be, and the Lord's still working on me, sanctifying me. But that is by faith. And how neat is it in this world of craziness? I mean, progressivism and and liberalism and just the insanity that's going along with that, that there there sits here tonight a group of people that aren't going there. A group of people that are in church tonight and you're here because of 
God doing a work in your life and in your heart, and it's, it's faith. I mentioned there were three things he mentioned there. Number one, we're blessed with faith. Number two, all of us who are redeemed are blessed with love for the saints. Paul says early on in this letter, just introducing himself, he says, we prayed for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and, oh, there's something else. Oh, yeah, not just faith. And of the love which ye have to all the saints. The love that you have for all the saints. One of the great blessings we have is faith. Another great blessing we have is love. You know, I love my family, and I'm thankful for my family. But I love you folks. I mean, I I really do, and I don't tell you that enough. I love it when I see your car pulling into the parking lot. I love it when I see you visiting out here before and after church. I love seeing the folks up here that are practicing for Sunday, the music and the choir staying late, the people that are around during the day that folks just drop in and do things and help us with things. You know, you have a love for those people. Those people out there don't know that. They don't know that. And I think you have a love for each other. sure hope you do. I think you do. It seems to be evident. It gets me home late because you're talking so much after church, but... I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't change that for the world. Again, we, we have to appreciate that. It, 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 a couple points about this. The emphasis of Paul's point. By love, we then serve saints. We serve the saints. Galatians 5.13, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. The casseroles that goes to somebody's house recovering from surgery. You know, that's, that's love. That's, that's love for the, the saints. And that goes against the world. The Lord helps us to overcome our selfish tendencies. Uh, to go from being an overly selfish person, self-centered, to somebody that says, you know, you know I'm, I'm going to miss something that I want to do, but I've got to make this casserole for somebody. Because they need it. And, and you do it not out of a, a burden heart, I, I, not in the fact that, you know, it's, oh, it's a lot of trouble. I don't want to have to do it. But you, you want to do it. You, you want to serve. You, you, you want to serve others. You want to come up to the church and serve. You see something that needs to be done, and you see a project, and you think, oh, I can do that. And you talk to Dave, and, and you come up here. They're not doing that out there. They're a different person. They're different people. They've not experienced what you've experienced. And that's what Paul is talking about here. By love, we even, when necessary, sacrifice for the saints. 1 John 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I mean, the love that exists between true true Christians is such that, if necessary, folks would be willing to give their lives as Christ gave his life for us. One of the great blessings that we have is love for the saints. You know, the folks in this room, I, I trust. I, I appreciate. I, I value. I, I, I love them. If I could quote Spurgeon again on this topic now of love. Spurgeon told his congregation over 100 years ago in London. He says, the true believer loves the persecuted, the misrepresented, 
and despise people of God for Christ's sake. He loves them all, even though he may think some of them to be mistaken in minor matters. He has love to the babes in Christ, (coughs) as well as... He has love for the babes in Christ, as well as the grown saints. And love even to those saints whose infirmities are more manifest than their virtues. I underline that. He loves them not for their station or for their natural amiability, but because Jesus loves them and because they love Jesus. Our love for one another and our love to be together, our love for fellowship, our, our love for a 4th of July celebration, <coughs> our love for a birthday party after church that brings us all together. They don't know that. And that's not to say people don't love each other that aren't saved. But, I mean, there's usually some connection. I mean, here we have such a diverse group of people, such different personalities, such, such different, you know, there's probably socioeconomic differences. Well, they're not probably. There are socioeconomic differences. That, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive up in or whether you walk. You know, there's a love. And how do you explain that apart from the Lord? And, and that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, you know, we pray for you ever since we heard of your faith, ever since we heard of your love. And then lastly tonight, he mentions one third thing that is a, such a huge blessing that we don't want to ever lose sight of or take for granted. All of us who are redeemed are blessed with the hope of heaven. So in verse number five, he says, since we heard, you know, we pray for you for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. One of the great blessings we have is hope. We have the hope of heaven. No matter how bad things get here, we don't have to be in despair. We might be concerned about things, but we know that ultimately we're going to be in heaven. Look at letter A. By hope in Christ, we will experience glory. Talking about heaven and, and everything that comes with it. Colossians 1.27, whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I think one of the worst things anybody can ever hear about whatever the situation may be is there's no hope. You know, whether it's a failing marriage, nobody ever wants to hear, hey, no, there's no hope. Or whether it's somebody with a bad illness, nobody ever wants to hear that there's no hope. I mean, hope is, 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 is such a wonderful thing, for lack of a better way of saying it. It's just, you know, for somebody to say, yeah, yes, there's hope. We'll latch on to that. And we have that. We, we have that hope for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Paul is acknowledging that with this new church, these baby Christians. What he says at the beginning here is so profound. He is acknowledging their faith. He is acknowledging their newfound love. And he's acknowledging the hope. No matter how bad it ever gets, we always have that hope to cling to. And then let her be, by hope in Christ, we will experience everlasting grace. 
2 Thessalonians 2.16 Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Our hope is never threatened. Our hope in God, our hope of, of heaven is never threatened by even our own weaknesses or our own insecurities. No matter how much you might blow it, no matter what may happen, if you are truly a born-again Christian, Paul is acknowledging this hope. I don't know how they do it. But the world out there knows, the unsaved world out there knows nothing about hope in Christ. I mean, when somebody gets sick, what, what, what do they do? They going to pray? No, they're not going to pray. What are they going to do? They're going to trust God? No, they're not going to trust God. You have hope. I, I have hope. And a Savior who is real. The unsaved are sadly without hope. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. The unsaved world out there. Have no hope. No, there's, there's nothing that they hope in. You know. They'll use terms like bad luck or bad karma. But I mean there's. There's nobody to turn to. There's nobody to pray to. In their world. What I want us to see is, is how. How fabulously blessed we are. Yeah, we got problems. Yeah, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow, and hopefully the car will start, and hopefully we'll have enough money at the end of the month to make it to the next month. But because of the hope and the faith and the love, we're just different. Let me share with you these, these quotes. The way of faith and love may seem to many to be the way of a fool. That's... That, See, we're being made fun of today. I never thought I'd see it in this world, but I mean, when you're making fun of a man for wanting to honor his wife and be careful, you know, when the world is is making fun of that, you know, when the world makes fun of a wife submitting to, to the husband, you know, things have changed. So the way of faith and love and hope may, it's not in there, but I would add that, may seem to many to be the way of a fool. Why spend life in selfless service? Why not use it to get on as the world counts getting on? Why not push the weaker brother out of the way? The answer is because of the hope that is set before us. As Mole or Maul puts it, and I don't know who that is, but we'll read it because it's good. As he puts it, that hope is the certainty that in spite of the world's ways... God's way of love has the last word. The Christian hope is that God's way is the best way. And the only real peace, the only real joy, the only true and lasting reward are to be found in it, in our hope. So, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be difficult circumstances that will arise You never know what the next phone call might bring. 
to a lost person? What are they? The lost person that gets the bad phone call, the unsaved person, what are they going to do? Cuss? Go to the bar? Got to have a drink? Got to go pop some pills? Go put their fist through a wall? Wallow in depression? What are they going to do? They, they, they have no faith. They don't have that Christian love that we have of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And they certainly have no hope. That's hard for you and I as Christians to get our mind around that. It, it's a hard concept for me to even understand not having hope. But they don't. So what are they going to do? You and I, on the other hand, This sin-cursed world, we're not immune from some challenges and some difficulties, some rough days. But Paul would say, well, let's read it, Colossians 1, 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, that needs to be true of the congregation here. And the love which ye have to all the saints. And for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Paul, under divine guidance, God measuring, stating his words, tells these Colossians of these three great blessings that they have. Let's be careful that we don't start wallowing in self-pity or wallowing in depression or discouragement. Let us go back and, if necessary, read these verses time and time again. And may we never be guilty of taking it for granted or losing sight of some of the precious blessings that we have. Faith, love, and hope. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.